What's going on at 11.30? How you guys doing today? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is CJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're joining us. Can we also welcome all of our family that's watching online with us right here, right now? Man, we love you guys. We miss you guys. We can't wait to have you back here with us. Uh, before we kind of dive into today's service, uh, 11.30. I know you guys love this time, but have you noticed? It's getting a little full. It's actually not getting a little full. It's a lot full. And so uh, uh, I, I want to let you know that we have two other service. We actually have three other service times, but we only have two other service times. Then maybe you would be willing to switch to to make some room for other people. We have a Saturday night service at 6 p.m. And then we have a 9 at 6.15. Is it 6.15? Okay, 6.15. I should probably know that. I'm the pastor. Uh, and then we have a 9 a.m. service here on Sunday morning. If, if you're able to, if you'd be willing to, man, we'd love for, for some of you maybe to move to some of those services so we can make room. We're trying not to have to add another service right now if, if we don't have to uh, because it's it's hard on my voice. My voice is almost gone today, and, and uh, it, it would make me not as charismatic as I am, and I don't know how to be that, so help a brother out, and uh, if you can make a switch, please do. If you can't, if this is the only service you can attend, please attend this service, but uh, we are in a series that we started last weekend called The Fight of Your Life, and, and I was told this week that it was the best message that I ever preached last week, and so uh, if you have not watched that message, I encourage you to go back and watch it. For the rest of you all that emailed me and told me that it made me feel really bad about the rest of the messages that I've preached over the last 12 years. And so uh, I got a little, little something going on right now that I'm trying to take care of. But, but we're, we're excited because in this series, we're talking about the reality of is that there is a fight that is going on in your life. And there is an enemy that is out there. And if we want to have victory in our lives, and we've got to be prepared for the fights that are coming. And so we've been studying a passage of scripture out of Ephesians chapter six. I'm going to read it here to you. We didn't have enough room to fit it on your notes this weekend. So this is what it says. Ephesians chapter six, starting in verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the heavenly realm, powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so we're gonna be beginning with verse 12 here today. We started in verses 10 and 11 last week. And so diving into verse 12, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so what you're gonna realize today and throughout this series is that a lot of us, we are fighting the wrong things in life. We think that we're fighting some exterior things. We think we're fighting some physical things. And what the apostle Paul and what God is trying to get us to realize is that we are actually fighting a spiritual battle. And the struggle that we're going through is actually spiritual in life. In fact, I would say it like this, what you're going through in life is way more spiritual than you think it is. 
And what I want to do is I want to present to you a case that there is more going on behind the scenes of your life than what is going on out in front of your life. Like there is a real enemy that is out there that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wants to keep you from the things of God in your life. And the goal here is that we would be able to expose him and that we would be able to defeat him so we can walk in the victory that God desires for every single one of your lives. And so it reminds me of a story that I read this week as I was studying uh, uh, about this, this town. And most of the people had gone to the local church to get ready for church service on Sunday morning, right before church was about to begin. The devil himself shows up in person, just appears right in the front of church. Everybody in the church starts freaking out. They start screaming and yelling. They start running for the doors. They're trampling one another. And, and eventually, everybody gets out except for an elderly gentleman sitting on the second row and, 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 and Satan walks up to the old man and he goes, do you know who I am? And the old man says, yes, sir, I do. He goes, aren't you afraid of me? He goes, no, sir, not at all. He said, don't you realize I can kill you with one word? He goes, yep, I'm pretty sure about that. He goes, don't you, don't you realize that I've been tormenting this world and I could put all kinds of agonizing pain in your life right now? And the old man just responds, yep. And he goes, and you're still not afraid of me? The old man goes, nope. Satan, a little perplexed in this moment, goes, why aren't you afraid of me? And the old man says, I've been married to your sister for 48 years. I don't care who you are, that right there is funny. I'll tell that because I think this idea of Satan, this idea of an enemy in our life has been trivialized in our society to jokes like that. And I wanna give you a thought and I wanna give you an idea that what you're going through today is more spiritual than you think and that enemy that is out there is not a devil with a, a pitchfork and some horns on it and a tail going out and it's a cartoonish character, but there is an enemy that is out there that wants to attack your life. He wants to destroy everything about your future in your life. I, I learned this a little over 12 years ago. My wife and I, we moved here from the other coast and we, with the desire to start a church called Coastal Community Church. We moved here, we knew one family. And so, so knowing that we wanted to start a church and we had to meet people to try to invite them to what was eventually going to be this church, I, I decided, man, I'm gonna go to Starbucks, the Starbucks at the promenade in Coconut Creek. I would go there every day. I would order coffee. I'd go sit in the corner and I'd wait for people to walk in and go, is that somebody I could talk to today? I was the creeper guy at Starbucks looking for people to talk to. Like that was me for a couple of years. And, uh, and, and I remember during this season of beginning Coastal Community Church that every, every like Sunday evening, it would start and it would last till about Tuesday. I started having these intense migraines. Like I, I've never suffered from migraines before in my life. I, I, I didn't, I, like they were just random. But what would happen is, is, is Sunday evening, this migraine would come on my life and it would get so bad that I would be throwing up because of the pain and I just wanted to die in those moments. In fact, in those moments, my toilet was my best friend. I would puke and then I would hug it and be like, oh, you're so cold and loving. And like, I just like, I was in, like, I just want, I wanted to die. And this wasn't like this happened one time, was it, Shayla? It was like weekly, every single week. And we started looking at my life and going, man, is it your diet? We started changing my diet. We started looking at, 
exercise is the exercise level. We are looking at all these things going, why is this happening? All of a sudden, this has never happened, and it's almost like clockwork until I have the realization that maybe, just maybe, there is a spiritual enemy that is out there that is trying to keep me from the potential that God has in the future for this church, and he knows that if he can destroy me, he'll never get to play that out in real life. And I want you to know that it's way more spiritual than you think it is. And if we can't beat this thing in the spiritual, we'll never defeat it in the natural. Let me talk to some parents here today. Let me talk to some people that are married. Let me talk to some single people. Let me talk to some people that are battling addiction. What you think is everything you're battling is all in the flesh. And if you try to fight it from a flesh perspective, the struggle is way more spiritual than you think. You will continuously be defeated in the flesh. You gotta fight this thing in the spiritual to actually see the victory in the physical side of life. Why? Because the struggle is spiritual. Ephesians chapter six, let's go back to it. It says, for our struggle is not, let me just put some things here. The struggle, the landlord is not your issue. Your spouse is not your issue. Your kids are not the issue. Your ex is not the issue. Democrats are not the problem. Republicans are not the problem. It's not Trump's fault. It's not Biden's fault. Can I just be real? Because it's way more spiritual than we realize. And if Christians continue to try to fight a spiritual battle in the physical, we will continue to get our butts whipped continuously. He says our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We have to identify who the enemy is. And, and Paul does this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So let me remind some of you, some of you are here today and going, well, of course we don't wage war as the world does because we think when we wage war, it looks like this. We got a gun in hand and we're gonna go guns blazing. And you're like, well, of course we don't wage war like that. But see, we don't even wage war like this anymore. You know how we wage war today? We wage war like this. We wage war like this. Let me, let me, let me come back and let me tell them what it is. Let me give them a peace of mind. Wait till they see this. And the Bible says, see, we don't wage war the way the world does. And a lot of us, we're trying to fight the battle the way the world does by texting, by social media, by canceling people. He's saying, no, 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 we fight this different. See, the weapons that God gives us are not the weapons that the world gives us. And the reason we aren't finding victory in those areas is because we're trying to fight in our marriage like the way the world does. We're trying to fight for our children the way the world does. We're trying to fight to have that, that dynamics in our family the way the world does. And there's a reason you're struggling because the way the world does and the way God wants you to do are completely different. He says the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So I don't know what you're dealing with here today, but I want you to know it starts in the spiritual. Listen, look at how your marriage gets healthier when it starts in the spiritual. Watch how your kids start to respond as you start in the spiritual. 
Watch what happens in your career as you start to respond in the spiritual. Watch how that stronghold begins to break in your life as you start in the spiritual. It's broken by winning the war in the spiritual. So if the war is spiritual and the struggle is spiritual, how do we move forward? There are some things that you and I, we have got to know if we are gonna win this war. So number one, if you're taking notes, and you should be, so take out that piece of paper that was under your butt, take it out, grab a pen, and begin to write these things down because you're gonna need to know these things. Number one, spiritual attacks should be expected. Spiritual attacks should be expected. If you're doing anything great for God, the enemy is gonna come in and he's going to try to take you out. Just facts right there. Like, if you remember the moment you walked into Coastal, and at the end of that service, you raised your hand to accept salvation, you went to the hub, you got resourced, and then you went and got water baptized, you started taking next steps, and then all hell breaks out in your life, because that's how it works. And you're like, but Pastor TJ, I thought you said the best is yet to come. Well, you didn't see at the end of that was not a period, it was an asterisk saying the best is yet to come, but there's a battle between the best and what's to come. And you're gonna have to fight that battle. It's like as soon as you started trusting God with your finances, you lost your job the next day. It's like the day that you started honoring God in your life, that everything went to hell in a handbasket. Here's the reason. But because before you were expendable, like the enemy never had to worry one iota about you before you decided, you know what? I'm gonna go all in with God, heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm going all in. And the moment you did, you went from the back lines of life to the front line of the fights. And some of you are like, well, well, I'm a Christian and I don't wanna face any battles. That's because you're doing nothing. Like, you barely show up to church, you barely serve, you barely give, you barely trust God. Like, basically, you're on the enemy's team. You have the right uniform, but you're not actually playing the game. Getting off some people's toes right now. It's true. See, people that are going all in, they know that they move from the back line to the front line. And here's what you know on the front line you expect to get shot at when you're on the front line of the battle. So, like, we should be expecting attacks in life. 2 Corinthians 2, 11 says, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Listen, we're not unaware that when we start going after God, you know what? The enemy is going to come after us. We aren't unaware that there is a target on the, our lives on that. There's the reason you're struggling in your marriage, the reason you're struggling with your children, the reason you're struggling in your career, the, those struggles are there because there is a real enemy that wants to destroy your life. Before Jesus went into three years of his ministry, he has this moment of prayer and fasting in the desert. And if anyone thinks they're gonna do prayer and fasting, it's just gonna be easy peasy. Man, that's where the battle begins. And at the end of his prayer and fasting, the enemy shows up to attack Jesus. And the reason I want you to understand that is because 
The enemy attacked Jesus at that moment because he knew what the potential of the three years after that moment were gonna be. See, the level of attack in your life exposes the level of ability for your future. And some of you guys right now, you're being attacked and you're overwhelmed and the enemy is attacking your life because he knows what's on the other side of that attack. He knows something about you that you don't even know about yourself. Let me say it like this. The reason the enemy is attacking you is not because of your past, it's because he's scared of your future. And he, he knows something about you that you don't yet know. And so what you need to do is you need to keep pressing in in that moment because there is breakthrough on the other side of it. And this should be expected in our life. And Jesus' level of attack was great. Why? Because there was greatness on the other side of that. Like there was something that he wanted us to understand and he wanted us to know that if we'll overcome this attack, we'll walk right into the greatness that we were destined, destined for because the greatest spiritual attack are right before your greatest spiritual breakthroughs. And so if you're being attacked right now, get ready, get ready, get ready, because breakthrough is coming, church. It's coming in your life. And so you gotta know that there is an enemy and they, they are trying to keep you from your destiny. Number two, spiritual attacks must be exposed. They've gotta be exposed, so you gotta call it what it is. And Jesus did this in, in, in the middle of his ministry. He's with his disciples. He's, he's talking with them. He's telling them what is going to come. He's telling them, man, I'm going to go and I'm going to be taken prisoner. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be crucified and I'm eventually going to die. And Peter looks at Jesus and he says, man, as long as I'm alive, there ain't no way you're going to die on this earth. And Jesus looks at Peter and he says to him, get behind me, Satan. Now, let me just say this. Jesus is the only one that can say this. Do not go home and look at your spouse and go, get behind me, Satan. It will not end well for you. I promise you that. <laughs> but Jesus right here, he's teaching us a principle because Peter was not Satan. Peter was actually a godly person. He was following God, but it was also letting us know that even good people can be influenced by the enemy. And Jesus had to call it out and go, no, no, no. Peter, right there, that's demonic and that's not okay. Like, sometimes you have to understand that we are in a real spiritual war and we have got to actually expose what the enemy is doing by just calling it out and calling a spade a spade and calling it what it is. That's why Paul said, the struggle is spiritual. Going back to verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, you look at all those words, all the new people that are watching online, you look at those words, those are not like entry-level demon positions. Those are like top dog people. And so if the enemy is real and he's coming after us, you have to expose him for who he really is. And there's a reason you're going through this. There's a reason that battle is going on in your life and the reason is because there is a real enemy that wants to take you out so how do we know if we're in the middle of a spiritual battle let me give you some things that I've seen in my life that that I've gone through in life so that we know that you're under a spiritual attack one of those things is extreme confusion See, our God is a God of order, and he is not confused about your future at all. If he said it, man, then, then that settles it, and we should move on. But many times what happens in life is we get to this place where we start questioning everything. We're questioning, did God really say that? We start questioning our beliefs. We start questioning the commitments we made. We start questioning, man, should I really be married? I know I went to the altar, and I said those vows, but did I really mean those vows? 
And it's in that moment that there is this extreme sense of confusion. And where does that confusion come from? It's a tactic of our enemy. He is deceptive, and he's come to confuse your life. If you're under that kind of confusion today, I want you to know that's demonic. How about this one? If you're suffering from a lack of peace. God is a God of peace. In fact, one of his titles is he is the prince of peace. So when peace leaves and anxiety comes and worry begins to flood your life, I have to realize that that isn't from God. That's actually from our enemy. Here's another one, a desire to quit. It's, I, I, I wanna throw in the towel, even though I know I'm supposed to stick this thing out, it just isn't worth the fight anymore. I want you to know this is straight from the enemy because our God is a God of consistency. He didn't start things in you to fail you now. He who began a good work in you will complete it. That's what he says. That's, that's who he is. And there is breakthrough on the other side. The Bible says, if we don't give up, don't give into the lie of the enemy to quit this thing right now. Now, now. now, listen, there's somebody that's watching online right now. There's somebody that's sitting in this room. You wanna quit right now in your marriage, don't quit. You wanna quit right now on those kids that are far from God, don't quit. You wanna quit on that dream that you have in your life, don't quit. You wanna quit on that business right now? Don't quit. Keep going, keep pushing on, keep pressing through. The enemy is a liar and God is for you. You need to keep going. How about this one, intense temptation? Listen, there's always gonna be temptation in your life and every time you're tempted, it isn't the devil. Sometimes you're just partnering up with Burger King like we talked about last week. It's not the devil that made you do that. You just wanted a double cheeseburger, okay? Had nothing to do with the enemy. But there will be some times when intense temptation comes on your life. By the way, when the enemy tempts you, the way he tempts you and the way he tempts me is completely different because he knows the things that will be interested in. He knows exactly what your struggle is, he knows exactly what your vices are, and he knows what it is. It's interesting because Jesus was in the, day, the desert for 40 days, fasting, no food, and when the enemy comes to him, the first thing he says is, hey, if you'll follow me, here's what I'll do. I'll turn these stones into bread. Now, if you've been fasting for 40 days and haven't eaten, what's the one thing you want right there? Some bread. Like, I just want something of substance in his life. How did the enemy know in that moment what he wanted? Because he's been watching. Like, he's good at his job. Isn't it interesting? It's the moments where you decide, like, I'm gonna do things God's way. Like, you're a single guy out here, and, and you decide, man, you know what? I'm gonna follow God. You start coming to church regularly. You go through next steps. You start getting sold out. You go to a connect group. You're in there. You're growing in your relationship with God. You meet a girl, uh, uh, and, and all of a sudden, you realize she's going after God. There's a little bit of attraction there for the first time ever in life. The opposite sex is interested in you, and you're like, this is awesome. You do it the right way. You stay pure. You stay holy. You go to the, the, you go and you get married. Now you're living for God. You're in connect groups together, growing this godly marriage. And all of a sudden you start getting DMs of the opposite sex on Instagram. Like where in the world did that come from? That is the enemy. Just straight up. The opposite sex has never seen you before. But the moment you start following God, like every chick on the planet is like, hey, what's up? You know, it's not. That's the enemy. 
And if he knows that if he can get you to falter in this, he can get you to falter in everything. You have to call it what it is. You gotta call it out. How about this one, drawn to old lifestyles? Some of you are being drawn back to an old way of life, back to that toxic relationship. I'm gonna go back to that addiction. And listen, the enemy is always taking you backwards. You need to understand something about God. God is always bringing you forwards. Anytime you're being pulled back to something old, see, the, the Bible says that God is doing a new thing. Old things have passed away. So if you're constantly being pulled back to the old, that's the enemy trying to get you to sabotage your life by pulling you backwards into something that is not for your future. And that's defeating you and keeping you from the greatness that God has within your life. So I didn't bring you here to get you depressed about spiritual attacks on your life. And if I ended this message right here, it'd be pretty depressing. It'd be like, oh, life sucks. But I do have some good news for you. Number three, spiritual victory can be experienced. Spiritual victory can be, be experienced. So if you feel attacked today, if you feel overwhelmed, there's some good news for you. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. I wanna introduce you to some weapons today. They're gonna help you walk in victory in times of spiritual warfare. Why? Because you can't fight spiritual warfare with physical weapons. You just can't. So let's learn the spiritual weapons that God has given to us and they should be a part of our arsenal to be able to walk forward in life. So our spiritual weapons, here's the first one. It's probably the most important one. It's the name of Jesus. It's a spiritual weapon. There is not a name on the planet that creates more controversy, stirs up more anger, causes more frustration, stirs people up more than the name of Jesus. Jesus. Why? Because the name of Jesus is packed full of power. Things happen when the name of Jesus is spoken in life. I know this is true. I remember when MSD shooting happened almost five years ago. Can't believe it's almost been that long. And, and I remember we, we, I got invited to be a part of some interfaith that we would go up and do some things at the big rallies and events that were happening there. And they told us, hey, listen, we want you to do this, but we want you to give a generic God prayer. Like you can uh, address God as a, as a whole, but that could be Allah, that could be whatever, but you do not get specific in anything. And I remember I'm supposed to go up there and give a prayer and I'm thinking to myself, man, I, I can't give a prayer. This would be inauthentic of me and I don't really care what this community do things at the end of the day because I know that there's no power in me just giving a generic God. I'm going to give them the name that is above every name, the name that at which demons flee. And I started praying that prayer. And I said, in the mighty, most powerful, ever-changing, life-altering name of Jesus, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And as soon as that event was over, people were like, I cannot believe you prayed in Jesus' name. I'm so offended. Listen, if the name of Jesus meant nothing, then nobody would be offended by it. But the fact is, is that demons do flee in Jesus' name. That healing does take place in Jesus' name. That transformation happens in the name of Jesus. Man, and some of us, it's not my name, it's not your name, but it's the name of Jesus that changes things in life. We started praying over our children in Jesus' name. We need to start praying for our marriage in Jesus' name. 
He can start praying over our future in Jesus' name, that career, that business in Jesus' name, because it's in Jesus' name. That's why Jesus said in Mark 6, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons and they will speak in new tongues. John 16, he says, very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Some of you are like, well, God doesn't do anything in my life. When's the last time you invoked the name of Jesus in that? He says, ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Let me remind somebody in here today that salvation is found in no other name but the name of Jesus. Healing is found in no other name but the name of Jesus. Hope is found in no other name but the name of Jesus. Deliverance is found in no other name but the name of Jesus. Strongholds are broken only in the name of Jesus. Things happen in the name of Jesus. Lives are changed in the name of Jesus. The Bible says his name is a strong tower and the righteous run to it and they are saved. It's the name of Jesus that changes some things. Here's another weapon, the word of God. It's a weapon that God has given us to attack the enemy. In Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, it says, for the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. Now listen, I'm not a sword expert, but if you give me the choice between a single-edged sword and a double-edged sword, I'm gonna take a double-edged sword every time. Just sounds better. He says it penetrates even dividing the soul and spirit joint and marrow. What that means is that not only does it do something in the physical, because your, your, your joint and marrow is your physical, but it also does something in the soul and spirit, which means it penetrates not just our physical lives, but it penetrates the spiritual life as well. So this isn't just a weapon that's for this earth. It's also a weapon that's for the spiritual aspect in life. It says it judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. In fact, God's word is the only offensive weapon against the enemy that, the, that God has given to us. And if you wanna go on the offensive against the enemy, you gotta use God's word. When Jesus was in the desert, he didn't respond to the enemy like, let me tell you a quote from Gandhi. He didn't respond with like, hey, have you seen my, my worship flags? Have you seen those? Sorry, I come out of charismatic church. That's how we roll. <laughs> he didn't say, hey, did, did you hear that podcast from my pastor? No, 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 what did he do? He quoted scripture. What's gonna get the devil out of your life is you better know God's word. Jesus' response to the attack of the enemy was, it is written. It's written. It's written, so you have to actually know what God says in this book. You wanna know why? Because the enemy will try to take what God said and twist it in your life. He'll get you to question did God really say, in fact, think about the Eve in the very, very beginning. What, what did he, he goes up to her and she's sitting in the garden in paradise, walking with God, talking with God on a daily basis, like no greater connection. And, and, and the enemy walks up to her and goes, did God really say that you can't eat of that tree? Like, did God really say like you should keep purity in your relationships? Like, did God really say you should, you should fully surrender your life? Like, did, did, did God really say you should trust him? And like, like, did God really say? Like, that is the enemy's tactic in your life. That's why whatever voice is most consistent in your life is the voice that you'll live by. 
It's one of the reasons why we're constantly going, man, you gotta get in God's word, you gotta read God's word, you gotta memorize God's word, you gotta make this, you know, not only put it in your life, but put it in your hearts. Because it's the word. It's the word that changes things. Second Corinthians says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. How do we know what thoughts are God thoughts and what thoughts are not? It's his word. It's how we know. What, is, what does his word say? We speak his word, we live his word. We're not a church that bends his word to fit our culture. We are a church that stands on his word even if culture forsakes it. Listen, we're a Bible teaching, we're a Bible believing, we're a Bible living, we're a Bible inspired, Bible centric church. It's who we are, it's how we live. How about this one? I think this is one of the most powerful weapons that we have right here. It's agreement in prayer. It's agreement and prayer. Listen, I know this is a season and there are so many different reasons for people uh, to stay home, but for all of you that are watching online right now, you need to be in God's house. You need to be in God's house. Let me say it one more time. You need to be in God's house. You've gotta get around some people that will agree with you for breakthrough in your life. And when we're alone, we're already half beat. Like the enemy makes it so easy when you're alone. He can mess with your mind. He can mess with your will. He can mess with your emotions. And he is so good at it. But there is something that happens when you grab the hand of one person over here and the hand of another person over there and go, man, things aren't going how I might want them to go. But we're going to agree together in prayer that God is going to come through in this moment. And when we take a stand together, it's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18. He says, man, if two of you agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. So while you're eating Cheetos in your underwear by yourself, God's not there. You need to get with some people. He's telling you that. And some of you, honestly, some of you that are sitting in here, you look like you're surrounded, but you're really isolated. And it's why you're getting defeated. It's why. Listen, it's, it's so easy to be fake in our culture. I know there's an old saying, fake it before you make it. That might be great for this world, but it's terrible for your spiritual life. It may be great for business, but it's terrible for your marriage. And you come in and you live in the big house, you drive the expensive car, you put a smile on your face, but you are about to hit your spouse on the way here. No, 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 this is real talk right now. And you're trying to fight this battle of your future by yourself. No, 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 you need some brothers and sisters who will stand with you and go, no, 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 no. Man, we're, we're, we're gonna hold you up in this season. You may feel like you're gonna fall down, but no, no, no. We're gonna, I'm right here on your left, I'm right here on your right, and we're gonna see breakthrough, and we're gonna agree together in prayer, and we're gonna see God do what only God can do. See, because you've been trying to do it all on your own, and you can't do what only God can do. But when's the last time you enacted him in the middle of that situation? Not by yourself, but with some other people. 
I'm not talking about going around and gossiping. I'm talking about getting some people in your life that will stand with you in prayer and go, man, we're going to walk you through this situation. No matter what you're going through, we're not going to walk away. We're going to walk with you. And when you feel like you're getting knocked down, we're going to hold you up. And when you're, when you're victorious, we're going to hold those hands up just like they would in a boxing ring. And saying, you're the man. You're the woman. You've overcome. Because let me remind you that we is always better than me. And the body of Christ is strongest when we're united. When we are together. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting a spiritual battle. And by ourselves, we lose, but together, together we win. Listen, it's one of the reasons why we tell you go to the hub every week. A lot of you guys think the hub is just for people that give their lives to Christ. No, no, no. The hub is equipped with people that are prayed up, fired up, ready to stand with you and pray and agree together in prayer for things that you can't believe for yourself. And you need some people in your life that just won't stand with you for a moment, but they'll stand with you for a lifetime. And those people that are in there, they will do that with you. And so if you come here and you think, well, I'm all alone, you don't have to be. That's a choice. Because this is a church where you don't have to walk alone. We will walk hand in hand, side by side, and we will see the breakthrough in your life. We're here to stand with you in those seasons of life. You can be victorious, but it's going to happen together. Don't isolate. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. The struggle is spiritual. Finally, our spiritual weapon is this, is praise and worship. And I love this one because something happens when you start worshiping God in life. And it got me thinking, like, why does the enemy hate worship so much in life? And, and I, I think about myself because I'm just like you. I, I, I come down here. I know I sit on the front row and there's a spot reserved for me. But I have the same thoughts going through my mind during worship that you have going through your mind. I've, I think to myself, what, is, is everybody looking at me? Do they see? Is, is, do, do I look funny? Do I look stupid? Should I do my hands like this? Do I put fingers up? Do I go this? Like, what do I, like, what do I, like, what are the correct, like, and, and what are people thinking in this moment? Like, when, when I raise my hands, are people seeing my underwear? It's like, is that going to, is my short too, my shirt too short? Like, I have, I'm thinking everything that you're thinking. Like, it's running through my mind, and I'm, I'm always like, how does the enemy get me so focused on all these peripheral things instead of the main thing? Why is he so adamant from keeping me from worshiping God and so focused on what everybody else thinks about me? I mean, think about it. We create environments that are exciting and they're fun and, and, and they're passionate and they're presence-filled and you're just sitting there like mean mugging the entire time. Why? The devil wants you so badly not to worship God. They're not it's because that was his job once. Is the worship leader of heaven in the moment that his prod came into life and said, man, I want to be like God. He fell from heaven like a lightning bolt. And God said, I have nobody to worship me, so I'm going to create some people who will choose to worship me. And you know who he created? He created me and you. So every time we walk into a space or a place or in our car and the opportunity for worship comes up, the enemy is working overtime, not only to take you to hell, but to keep you from fulfilling the job that he was created to do. And here's what I know is when you begin to worship 
Breakthrough is on the other side of worship. Victory is on the other side of worship. God is glorified in worship. And when we start glorifying God, man, the enemy begins to scatter. James chapter four, verse seven, it says, so humble yourselves before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And when I think about that verse, I, I can't think of a more humble position than me going, God, I'm gonna posture my life in a position of surrender. I'm letting go of my will and my way. I'm letting go of my pride and I'm, I'm gonna go, God, you are above everything that I'm facing. God, I surrender my will. I surrender my way to you. And it's in those moments when I surrender everything that it is being my way that all of a sudden all of my attention affection all of my love all of my praise all of my adoration begins to reflect on God and it's in those moments that I put God at the center all of a sudden I'm resisting the enemy and you know what he has to flee and if you feel like you're under attack today, man, you better worship God and watch the enemy begin to flee from your life because when you're under attack you can whine or you can worship and some of y'all like to take that first word, wine, and cut the H out of it. That's funny right there. I don't care who you are. Some of that, for you, that wasn't funny because that was real. Because your solution when things get hard is, is I'm just going to turn to a little bit more wine. I'm going to turn to a little bit more food. I'm going to go to this thing or that thing because you're trying to fill a void in your life that can only be filled by God. See, you were created to worship. Man, and I've been so ready to preach this message all week because I know there's so many people here that are in a spiritual struggle and God wants you to walk in victory. And I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what your battle is, but I know that this, there are a lot of you that are under spiritual attack right now. You're facing things in your life that you don't know how you can overcome. You don't know how you're going to be able to get out of this overwhelming moment. The anxiety is real. The pressure is palpable. Like, it is so evident in your life. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to expose it right now. We're going to expose it right here and right now. If you feel like you're under a spiritual attack all over this place, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to stand up in your seat right now. I know that this is not normal for us, but if you go ahead and stand up, there's no shame in this. Man, hundreds of people in every service have been standing up saying, you know what? I'm under spiritual attack right now, man. I know things are going on in my life that are way bigger than me. I can't seem to overcome it. I can't seem to break through of it. And I'm ready for God to do something in my life. I want to, and here's what I want you to do. I want Want you to get into a posture that is a life-changing posture and so i'm going to ask you right where you are if you're standing if you'll just kind of put your hands out like this in a posture of surrender saying like you know what things that i've been holding on to the ways that i've been trying to go god i'm going to surrender them right here and right now to you i know that there's more maybe you're watching online right now i just want you to stand up right where you are get in this posture this is your moment as well this is your moment for breakthrough like let's hold them up and let's believe god because here Here's what I know is that we're not just a church that hears God's word. We're going to practice God's word in our life. So I'm going to pray over you as your pastor right now in the name.
name of Jesus, I take authority over everything that is attacking your life, everything that is attacking your family, your business, your health, your children, your marriage. I declare over Coastal Community Church today that who the Son sets free is free indeed in the name of Jesus. Today, God, we pull down every stronghold and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive those thoughts and we make them obedient to the name that is above every, the name that changes things, that heals things, that reverses the curse in life. God, we thank you that breakthrough is coming. We thank you that victory is coming. And we trust you here and we worship you here right now. We sing out one name. Come on, Trent, help me out. Sing it out. Jesus, one name. Come on, sing with me, Coastal. Come on, let's worship God. One voice that silences the enemy. Come on, silence that enemy right now. One king who reigns for all eternity. Jesus, Jesus, one name, one name holds every victory. One voice. that in the name of the Jesus, the enemy must flee. God, I thank you for the victory that people are beginning to experience right here, right now. We thank you that we're not fighting in the natural anymore. We're fighting in the supernatural. And we have a king that has already defeated death, hell, and the grave. So we don't need to worry about what the enemy can throw away. He is a defeated foe. And we take authority over him right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you that marriages are being restored right now. We thank you that healing is taking place in people's physical bodies right now. Cancer is gone. Depression is gone. Anxiety is gone. Right now in the name of Jesus. Maybe you're in here today and you've never had an experience with the King of kings and Lord of lords, the God that loved you so much that he would send his one and only son to give the ultimate victory to your life where you could be reunited in relationship with your creator. It's the most important victory there is. It's the one about your eternity. It's about you reconnecting with a God that loved you so much that he would give up the greatest gift in his life, his son, Jesus, to come to this earth, to live a perfect life, to die a sinner's death, the death that you and I deserved so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. And maybe you need to experience, I'm not talking about rules or religion, but I'm talking about a relationship with God. Maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, it begins with a simple yet significant prayer. If you would just pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, God, I thank you for sending your son to this earth 
to live that life, the life that I could not live. God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all of the unrighteousness in my life. I ask you to come into my heart, come into my life. I surrender my will. I surrender my way to follow you all the days of my life. I ask you to fill me with your love and your joy and your peace and your patience and your kindness and your goodness. God, your love everlasting. God, that I may be with you and know you. God, would you help me be victorious in life and follow you all the days of my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, Come on, can we amen. give the name of